This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 2. Hello, America. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here, and I sure am glad you're with me. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, I am delighted to have you with me today. Before I pivot to anything else, Keith has been waiting very patiently. I would like to take his phone call. Keith, welcome to the Eric Erickson Show. How are you? Hi, Eric. Uh, I've been a long-time listener, first-time caller. Um, and, and I agree with a lot that you say. But I also, I just feel like I have to, I don't know if you're factually um, uh, incorrect uh, by choice or that you, you just, uh, you know, you're not sure maybe. I don't know. But uh, with your comments about the Civil War, I think that you create a whitewashed narrative or a mythological narrative when you say that slavery was what the war was fought for when actually slavery was a byproduct of what the war was fought for. The South, their economy was so dependent and so flourished over slavery that they felt that they could succeed from the country. And the North used getting rid of slavery as a strategy to get the South on board with where the country was going. It was not some noble gesture or some um, moral thing that everyone got together and said, hey, let's end slavery. And when you when you say that it was um, fought like that, and, and, and in, in fact, Abraham Lincoln is recorded. You can look this up. He said that if he could keep the country together without getting rid of slavery, he would do that. And this is the guy that the country gives all the credit for getting rid of slavery. But he did not even want to do that. They did that to directly get uh, the South to get on board with where the country was going. And I think we create a that's that's where the disconnect comes from when the when there are narratives saying that, oh, uh, one day the country just decided to get rid of slavery when that is just not factually correct. So, Keith, I, I, I would say my view is that it is more complicated than the war was about slavery. Uh, I've, I've got friends who are I would call them um, 
sympathizers to the, to the lost cause of the South who would echo what you're saying. It was never about slavery. And, you know, I mean, factually, you're right. At the beginning, Abraham Lincoln wanted to keep the country together and didn't care about slavery as the issue per se, whether or not they kept it or not. But I, I, I don't think you can look at this and, and you can bracket it and say that when actually when you look at the course of history, over time within the Civil War, not just the Emancipation Proclamation, which only applied to southern states, not to any northern states where there was still slavery, but when you look at the work of people like Charles Sumter and others who were in the Congress prior to and during the Civil War, uh, fighting against slavery, fighting to eradicate it, uh, it's a far more complicated picture than any side would want to say. But at the end of the day, ultimately, it did become a war about freeing the slaves, and people were fighting to free the slaves, and freed Southern uh, blacks were being added to the Union Army to go back to the South and fight. Uh, so, no, the, the Civil War did not particularly start about it. In fact, if we really want the impetus, uh, it had a lot to do with a railroad through Southern New Mexico, where Southern states didn't feel like they should be paying for a railroad in New Mexico. And uh, they, they, they really believed that the states should be able to tell the federal government, absolutely not. Uh, we don't recognize your authority. Nullification was an issue. Uh, Correct. But it also evolved over time, and you can't ignore that side of the picture either. What started off as a skirmish over states' rights and also slavery fully became a war where Abraham Lincoln galvanized the Union to fight to free the slaves. You had people like future president of the United States, Garfield, who was a very famous abolitionist in his day and actually fought within the government and then on the battlefield to free slaves. You had people like Charles Sumner, who was beaten for on uh, the, the floor of the South, or on the floor of Congress, arguing against the South. You had him trying to stymie the Kansas-Nebraska Act. You, you had him attacking the legacy of Dred Scott. You had a moral case being built. You had all of these uh, abolitionists, very famous abolitionists, who William Lloyd Garrison and others who were building the moral case. Uh, if you want to say the Civil War was not fought over slavery, the precipitating events of the Civil War really were not per se about slavery. But you cannot deny the history that it all came to a head and became about freeing the slaves. What I resent are the people who go like the Nicole Hannah Joneses of the world and who claim that, well, actually, the entirety of the American operation, the American Revolution, was about preserving slavery, which is actually a fiction. I can and do concede that the precipitating events of the Civil War and the shots fired at, at Fort Sumter in South Carolina really were only tangentially related to slavery. I am totally willing to concede that. But you have to concede that by the end of the Civil War, it was all about freeing the slaves. Because if it was not, why was emotional energy poured into the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments of the United States Constitution to not just prohibit slavery, but give equal protection under the law and also give voting rights to black men? You, you can't deny the whole aspect of history there. Nor can you deny the hundreds of thousands of Union soldiers who spilled their blood on a battlefield uh, to, in uh, the words of Julian Warhol's 
Battle Hymn of the Republic, as Christ died to make men holy, let us die to make them free. Only changed after the Civil War to let us live to make them free. You also can't deny the history of John Brown. John Brown and the Harper's Ferry situation, an abolitionist. You, you cannot deny John Brown was one of the precipitating events of the Civil War. You cannot deny that the, the Kansas-Nebraska Act, which involved uh, the regulation of slavery, was a precipitating event of the Civil War. You cannot deny that Dred Scott was a precipitating event of the Civil War. If you deny it, then you've got to wonder why John Quincy Adams, the former president of the United States, in the House of Representatives, was railing on these issues. You've got to deny that Thomas Jefferson himself was writing that slavery was going to be the issue that tore the country apart. Thomas Jefferson wrote that. You You've got to deny Abraham Lincoln's speeches in defense of of, uh, freedom for black men. You've got to deny all of these things. Yes, the precipitating events of the Civil War that caused the first shots to fire were larger, more complex issues than, than slavery. But you cannot go through the years of the Civil War, the bloodshed that it was caused, the writings, the rhetoric, the tenor, the tone, the Emancipation Proclamation, the speeches on the floor of Congress, the turning around and getting liberated slaves back into the South to fight the Confederacy, the the 13th, 14th, 15th Amendment. You can't deny all those things and say, well, it had nothing to do about slavery, really. Nobody really cared about the black people. A whole lot of people died caring about the liberation of not just the South, but of the eradication of the institution of slavery. To do otherwise is to ignore the complex history of the Civil War and where it ultimately ended up. Now, we got to move on. Uh, there's actually some breaking news that um got to deal with here. Uh, the U.S. government has been hit by a global cyber attack. Um, we do not yet know the extent of it. Um, this is from CNN. Um, you know, there have been allegations coming forward that the, um, oh, Russian and Chinese hackers were collaborating. Maybe this is it. I don't know. Several U.S. government agencies have been hit. Uh, the U.S. Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency is providing support to several federal agencies that have experienced intrusive uh, intrusions affecting their movement applications. Uh, those are various government applications. Uh, George's statewide university system, which spans 40,000 students, confirmed it's investigating the scope and severity of a hack. Johns Hopkins University in Baltimore and the university's health system said that uh, sensitive personal and financial information, including health billing records, have been stolen in a hack. Uh, Other universities have come forward as well. The, The hackers in late May began exploiting a new flaw in a widely used file transfer software known as MoveIt, appearing to target as many exposed organizations as they could. Something going on right now with U.S. government agencies. We do not know the scope of those agencies right now, but it appears it began in Great Britain last week with the BBC and British Airways employee systems and has spread now to the United States government. Uh, The Russians, not the Chinese, are being blamed for this by news outlets, but it is ongoing right now. If you're trying to get through to various government agencies, um, just understand what's happening as I'm talking right now. Uh, The U.S. government battling a cybersecurity breach and hacking situation right now. Fun times in the American government. Wait for the Chinese to get involved when it comes to the power grid and the like. Dave, let's go to you, and then I'll, I'll move on from here. Welcome to the show. 
Dave? Is this Dave? Yep. Yes. Uh, the uh, the uh, ramp up to the Civil War was even more complex than you've been able to cover so far. I'm sure you're aware of there are several enclaves uh, in the South that were not in favor of secession. One in particular that I'm familiar with is uh, called the Free State of Winston, where Winston County attempted to secede from Alabama because they didn't want to secede from the Union. And Alabama seceded only by a couple of uh, arm-twisting votes in the state legislature. And the uh, the upshot of it was the majority of Southerners were not slave owners. That's probably been down in the, certainly in the low teens, if not the 10% level, that actually owned slaves. And so a lot of people were either indifferent to it or really didn't care or didn't, you know, or actually were in favor of abolition. But the reason yeah, and, and you, you know, um, and, and Dave, I, I need to let you go there because I, I don't want to drag this out and, and we, we don't need to rehash the Civil War. But I, I actually am, I, it, it was a far more complex issue. And everyone should acknowledge it. And the prior caller is right. We can't just boil it down and say the Civil War was about slavery. But ultimately, would the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments have come but for the Civil War? Would the abolition of slavery have come but for the Civil War? And the answer is maybe we don't know. But unquestionably, the Civil War became about slavery, even if it wasn't the precipitating immediate events. But the Kansas-Nebraska Act, Bleeding Kansas, uh, the Dred Scott decision, and on and on kept building up, and it became very clear that we were headed on a collision course over the issue of slaves in the United States. Nobody can deny that history. The first shots fired at Fort Sumter were specifically not about freeing slaves or not. The last shots fired in the Civil War had everything to do with slavery as an institution in the United States. That's the full, unvarnished, and fair history of the Civil War. And as many loud attempts at revisionism on all sides are, that's actually what it was. At the beginning, it had very little to do with the institution, and at the end, it had everything to do with the institution. And a whole lot of people wound up dying to free slaves. And we're better off because of it, frankly, as a nation. Vision Computer has over 3,000 five-star Google reviews and an average phone answer time of just 15 seconds. When you call, you won't be stuck navigating endless automated menus. A live person's going to answer the phone and help you solve your problems. You know, I run a business, and it's one reason I love the idea that Vision Computer exists. Because as a business owner, you know you've got to be efficient you got to have tech support issues resolved quickly, and you got to have your computers work. Don't let your employees suffer in silence either. They may be embarrassed or hesitant to ask for help, but with Vision Support, they can get assistance they need to work more efficiently. Reach out to them. Call 404-COMPUTE or go to visioncomputers.com. In fact, if you call them at 404-COMPUTE, ask for the Eric Erickson special when you call. They're not going to have it on their website. It's just for you guys listening. Call 404 Computer Day. Ask for the Eric Erickson special. Be amazed at Vision Computer. Hello there. It's Eric Erickson, and I hope you're doing great, and we are moving on. <laughs> uh, the phone number, 877-973-7425. Uh, a remarkable turn of events in the United States House of Representatives yesterday. 
Congressman Dan Crenshaw of Texas was interviewing a supposed expert witness about scientific justification for sex change operations for children and the potential long-term benefits of irreversible procedures and sometimes of drugs. He wanted to know what studies show that it's beneficial. He was interviewing uh, Dr. Meredith McNamara, an assistant professor of pediatrics at Yale School of Medicine. Crenshaw has proposed an amendment uh, that would prohibit funding going to any children's hospital that furnishes so-called gender-affirming care. McNamara opposes the amendment and claimed, quote, uh, the bill would require children's hospitals deny kids health care to maintain funding. Kids suffer when the legislators remove parental rights and prevent pediatricians from providing evidence-based standards of care. And said gender-affirming care is the only evidence-based treatment for gender dysphoria. The scientific evidence shows gender-affirming care is life-saving. So Crenshaw asks, it's good to look at the systematic reviews, right? That's the gold standard of evidence when you're trying to understand whether something works. So the British Medical Journal looked at 61 systematic reviews with the conclusion that there's a great deal of uncertainty. So he wanted to know where are the systematic reviews that show strong evidence to the benefits of surgeries for minors suffering gender dysphoria. She could not do it because there are not any. She couldn't do it. It's remarkable when all of this is said and done that an expert witness could not name a single study that showed what she claimed to be the case, that gender-affirming care is the only good and available treatment. She couldn't name one study because there aren't any. What the left has instead done is say we have to rely on experts, and then they have silenced any expert who dissents, and they use the silence to advance their agenda even though their agenda is not backed up by a single credible study. It is remarkable bullying from the left, and I want to talk about it when we come back. Uh, Very specifically, some of the data shifts that are happening right now in the country related to this bullying. Before we do that, I want to tell you about Advantage Gold. I'm sure you heard the Federal Reserve is not raising interest rates. However, they said they're going to raise them more this year. So that means, well, the markets are just in a turmoil over what's going to happen and when it's going to happen. The Europeans have raised their interest rates. You might want to use precious metals as part of your portfolio, in other words, to ease the ebbs and flows of the market. 800-450-2566 is Advantage Gold's number. They can help you learn how to use precious metals and comply with the rules related to IRAs, 401ks, or just put them in your general investment portfolio. They're TrustLink's number one highest rated gold company, seven years in a row. Again, their number 800-450-2566. At least call Advantage Gold and get the free gold IRA investment kit. The IRS regulates how you have to keep precious metals in a retirement portfolio. You need to learn those rules so you don't get messed up when you're ready to retire. Advantage Gold makes it easy without a lot of gimmicks. They're just straightforward, educational. Their number 800 800- 
450-2566. If you have interest in using precious metals, they're the ones you need to call. 800-450-2566. Let Advantage Gold get you educated and show you how to do it. Have you ever wished you could become an even more effective conservative advocate? Like, uh, who could you rely on to give you the knowledge and information you need to make more persuasive arguments, how to knock on doors, how to show up at your local city council, or to meet your state legislator to advocate for small government. Americans for Prosperity can help you. They train you to be a better conservative activist, to grow the movement and fight for small government around the country from the local level to the federal level. And they put points on the board. Over 200 legislative victories in the past year alone advocating for smaller government and reduced regulation. Americans for Prosperity wants you on their team. You can join them at americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. They've got over 30 chapters around the country in states. They're growing new ones all the time. Be a part of a movement for small government with americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. Go check them out today. Hi there. Welcome. Eric Erickson here across the nation. 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program? Oh, so, okay. Well, let, let's let's have a conversation here. Let, let, let's chat. I got to use a bad word, but I can't use a bad word. Some of you will say, Eric, you should come up with another word so that you're not using bad words on the radio. I can't use bad words on the radio. The FCC doesn't like that. But we need to talk about the word that begins with an A and ends with a hole. <clears throat> we do. Because there's a remarkable pattern that is happening, and I need to call your attention to it. To get there, though, we must go a circuitous path through the rhetoric of a lot of conservatives these days. There is a view of some on the right that the right should behave like the left. They see the left as surging, as powerful, as in charge, as in control. And if the right wants to capture uh, culture and institutions, we need to behave like the left. And inevitably, that translates into being an a-hole. Being in your face, being obnoxious, being loud, being censorious, being bullying, trying to cancel those who disagree with us. Uh, you see it on the right all the time. There are some radio show hosts out there who advocate these sorts of things that uh, to fight the left, you need to engage in the same tactics as the left. Now, I, I got to tell you, and this is one of those areas where I am restrained and I have to be restrained. And I, I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll deal with this briefly and gently just so you understand and, and feel free to disagree. But my worldview is based on my faith, which I try to take seriously and still wrestle with taking as seriously as I should. 
but it is premised on the idea that there is an actual God and there is an actual heaven and a hell and there is an actual day of judgment, and I will be held accountable for the things I have done in this world. The left, in many cases, is unshackled by that idea of a final day of judgment, a last day, an eternity, and a heaven and hell because the left is predominantly atheist. And I have for years tried to tell people on my side our ways can't be their ways because we cannot do the things they do. If you keep engaging in the same conduct over and 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 every time, say, God, forgive me, I sin. God, forgive me, I sin. At some point, the big man upstairs is going to say, you're not really trying, are you? You don't really take this seriously, do you? At some point, you will become a part of the world and you will conform to the behaviors that you are reflecting from the other side. Our ways are not their ways, and anyone on the right who tells you you need to engage in the behavior of the left is someone who is probably already lost or is on the verge of losing their soul. You can't behave like the left without becoming like the left. And the segment of the right that is most vocal about becoming like the left, deploying the tactics of the left, going through the antics of the left, being a-holes just like the left, they tend to be the most online members of the right. The people whose reputations are defined by their Twitter presence tend to be the worst people on both sides of the aisle. The people who perform for social media for growth tend to be the worst. I say that from some level of experience. It took me some time to realize, you know what? You can't be defined by your online persona. And you can't let others define you by that. I I have said plenty of things that have gotten me... Uh, lit on fire on social media, many of which I do regret, some of which I don't, many of which I do. But I see all the time now um, TV and radio personalities and other social media celebrities on the right who they're just engaged in, uh, they're professionally trolling the left. They want to do to the left. They want to get a rise out of them. They want to make them angry. They want to behave like the left. They want to act like the left. And in real person, offline, they're starting to do so. And there's a problem with that. Not just that they become like the left, but there's actually some data that you should pay attention to. The other day and last week, I spent some time talking to you about the Gallup polling that shows a massive shift in this country against the transgender ideology. And by the way, it is an ideological force. It is a quasi-religious belief that you can choose your gender. And if you disagree with them, you're the bigot, you're the bad guy, and you must be punished. You don't want to use someone's preferred pronoun. You can lose your job in parts of this country. We had a guy call in the other day. 
works for a biscuit company now owned by Cracker Barrel, and he's probably losing his job because he was he was at the biscuit shop. It's a chain biscuit shop. He was at the biscuit shop. He manages the manages the shop, and some of his employees were talking about their sexuality and their lifestyles, and customers were complaining. And he told the employees, it's really not appropriate to be talking about this stuff in front of the customers. You're making them uncomfortable. And the employees filed an HR complaint against him. He's probably going to lose his job. The trans agenda is so in your face, it's generated a massive backlash. The moral of the story is don't be an a-hole. But we don't even have to look there. We can look somewhere else. You know where else we can look? Black Lives Matter, BLM. American support for Black Lives Matters is falling off a cliff. And do you know why it is? Again, it's don't be an a-hole. You know, in, in uh, some parts of the country, I know it happened in Louisville, Kentucky. Black Lives Matter activists went to local businesses and said, hey, Buy these signs from us. Put them in your window. And if riots should come, your business will be spared. It's like the the, the Passover sacrifice. I mean, put these signs above the post of your house, and, and when the angels of death come burning down the businesses, we will pass you by. It's a shakedown scheme. They've wasted their money on houses. You see this Daniel Pettyman story in New York? They have indicted him. The man saved people on a train. You had the, the Michael Jackson impersonator crazy homeless dude was harassing people on the train, had been arrested 39 times, clearly was prone to violence against people. Daniel Pettyman and another guy saves the members of the train from being harassed and potentially victims of violence by this guy. The guy tragically dies. And now they're accusing Daniel Pettyman of manslaughter. He saved people on the train. He was the hero. They're making him the bad guy. And the Black Lives Matter crowd rallied against the guy. And guess what? There is a public backlash going on now against Black Lives Matter because people are tired of the bullies. They're tired of the riots. They're tired of the streets being burned down. In Around my flagship station, WSB in Atlanta, there's this neighborhood called Ansley Park. Many people... Overwhelmingly white, wealthy liberals, some of whom during the Trump years kept their Hillary Clinton signs in the yard. They have those signs in their yard. You know the signs. You know them. You buy them on Amazon. In this house, we believe Black Lives Matter. Women's rights are human rights. No human is illegal. Science is real except when it comes to transgenderism. Love is love. Kindness is everything. You know the sign. It's the pretentious sign of white progressives. And what it actually is. It's like the blood of Passover over the doorpost. 
It is the sign of a white liberal saying, please don't burn my house down when the riots come. And it is getting on people's nerves. The idea that the shakedown comes and your business better pay up or your business might get burned down. The, the rioters around the country, you got the Antifa mobs in Atlanta and Portland, Oregon and in Seattle. People are really tired of the crap. They're tired of the a-holes. They're tired of the transgender bullies. They're tired of the media bullying them. They're tired of risking losing their job by not playing the pronoun game. They're tired of having to to show up at pride events and and cheer on support of what they consider decadent hedonism. In a lot of cases, people are really tired of it. And the backlash has come against it all, against Black Lives Matter, against the trans ideology. People are really fed up. Do you know, I thought it was very notable the other day, I loaded the Paramount Plus app, uh, the Star Trek series, Strange New Worlds, comes back out today. I I like Star Trek. Last year, they literally, on, on my Apple TV, I literally had to update the app to watch Star Trek, and the only thing the update had was it changed the logo to a rainbow flag. That was it. There was no technical need to update it, but I couldn't watch content unless I was willing to update it to change the logo to a rainbow flag. Not this year. They haven't done it. Major League Baseball on social media changed their logo to a rainbow logo for all of 12 hours on June 1st and then changed it back. There is a backlash to this stuff. People are tired of the bullies. They're tired of the a-holes. They are tired of it. So the moral of the story for conservatives is very straightforward. A backlash is coming for you. If you're in people's faces about the pro-life movement, people are going to turn on the pro-life movement. If you are in people's faces and being an a-hole to someone who is trans, the backlash is going to come for you. You can denounce drag queen story hour without defaming the individual drag queens. You don't have to be the a-hole. The backlash has come for the left-wing movement's popular causes because those people have been uncivil, mean, bullying, censorious, and filled with cancellation for everybody who disagrees with them. The public has had enough. For those of you on the right, you better pay attention to this, that the public will have enough of you as well if you behave like the left. Your ways do not have to be their ways, and if you embrace their ways, you become like them, and the public will turn on you in a heartbeat because they're tired, really tired, of being bullied by political causes. So, Fire up the Eden Pure Thunderstorm and clean the air. That's what you can do. Get rid of the noxious smells, the sulfurous smells of the political activists who are jerks. The Eden Pure could wipe those smells out. You can get three of them for less than $200 by going to EdenPureDeals.com. Put in the discount code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, on the website, EdenPureDeals.com. You get one for upstairs, one for downstairs, one for your basement or your RV or, like me, your travel bag. What do they do? Wipe out bad odors. 
So litter box odors, regular pet odors, wet dog odors, works for that for sure. Uh, smoke odors, frying odors, musty odors, all the nasty cooking odors. You made a curry like I did when your wife and kids were out of town and it smelled a little bit like curry. Well, fire up the Eden Pure Thunderstorm and it's going to take out that odor. It works. We don't have an exhaust vent in our kitchen, so I use it to wipe out the odors when I cook uh, uh, garlicky dishes, uh, Indian food. I love Indian food. like to cook it, too. My wife and kids, not so much. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm wipes out the odors. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Put in the discount code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. Front page of the website. Get three of them for less than $200. Hello there. Glad to have you with me. 877-973-7425 is the number. Milt, I'm going to go to you next. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you. I had a point for you on the trans, on the youthful trans, in fact. I can't, in, in the new millennia, if I have young kids, I can't spank them, I can't paddle them, I can't beat them, but I could persuade them that they're of a different gender, and I could order both hormone treatment and or permanently life-changing uh, physical alterations to them as a parent. Does that seem right? Well, I mean, it, it, so it depends, Milt. Uh, if you spank and discipline your child, they may grow up to be a productive member of society and reproduce. But if you allow them to transition, you sterilize them and they don't produce, breathe carbon and de uh, destroy the planet. So, I mean, it's your choice. If you spank your child, you're killing Mother Nature, ultimately. <laughs> I mean, let, let's just be honest here. What's actually going on here in, in the way the left uh, intends for us to deal with our children is the left is a population Malthusian cult that believes the more of us there are, the worse it's going to be. So you can sterilize your children and you will be rewarded in the new heavens and the new earth of the left. And if you discipline your children and they grow up to be responsible breeders in society, well, that's bad. We don't want responsible reproducing uh, people in this country. We want less people in this country, according to the left. I mean, when you look at their entire philosophy now, it is striking how every single thing the left is advancing is designed to ruin your way of life and stop you from procreating, whether it's solar panels and windmills giving you less reliable energy, getting rid of cheap stoves so you can't afford uh, your power bills so you got to cut back to reducing the size of your car so you can't have a big family, sterilizing your kids. Every single thing is about it. And now school systems are used to indoctrinate your children into left-wing thinking instead of actually educating your children to get good jobs. It is all part of the plan. All you got to do is pay attention. I, it, it really is striking. All right, 877-973-7425. That's the phone number. I'll take more of your phone calls uh, when we come back.